Welcome to Discipleology, a podcast where we talk about discipleship. Today, I have a incredible guest, Dr. Chip Dodd. He is going to walk us through some things that I think uh, the church is working through right now. Mm-hmm. Right now, we have uh, a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety around COVID. And so I, I brought Chip in today to help us work through some of those things. Chip, I just want you to give us the the 30,000 foot view of who you are. Yeah. How did you get to this? Yeah. Let, and then we're going to dive into those eight feelings. Let me do the, the super short version is uh, got recovery of heart. Uh, let me say it that way in 1988, uh, a deep return to hope in 1989 through the help of other people. Ended up writing this uh, book called The Voice of the Heart, which addresses um, eight common core feelings that God has given us that we tend to run away from, whether in the church or out of the church, we tend to run from them, which is our sort of our fallback tendency to protect ourselves. So The Voice of the Heart and then six books that followed, and I have spent my career helping people see who they're made to be so they can do what they're made to do. I mean, that's kind of my mission statement in life. Right. You know, I believe we're created a certain way. We're made to find fulfillment and relationship. When I looked at your eight feelings list, yes. I said, well, there are seven of them that are bad and one mm. of them that's good. Yes. And and even in the first chapter, you address that, right? Yeah. And so as I read through the book, I thought, man, those seven that seemed bad were actually very, very good. And Amazing. the one the one that I thought was going to be good seemed like a whole lot of work. Yes, a ton of work. And it's amazing that we we have been trained by the world and a uh, really a skewed version of Christianity that we are not created to have feelings and that feelings are weakness. When actually God has given us core feelings, eight core feelings that actually allow us to live fully in a tragic place. The feelings are tools that when we enjoin them in relationship with God and others, those tools awaken us and take us to where they're made to go. And I know we'll be addressing fear today, but each feeling has its own great gift. The first two chapters of Genesis are beautiful. The last two chapters, Revelation, fabulous. Everything in between is a daring love story of struggle where there is pain and heartache. Life is tragic, but God is faithful. And it's it's in the struggle, like Jacob's name becomes Israel. It's in the struggle that we wind up finding how how to live fully in a tragic place. Feelings. You give an illustration in the book about uh, a wedding. Um, And so I I have a four-year-old little girl. The number of times I have laid in bed with her crying thinking about her wedding day. Like that is the day that she will leave. But yeah. there is so much joy for that wedding day as well. Yeah. That's one of the great paradoxes, right? right. Because one of the things we I talk about in the book is that gladness actually gives us a gift and it's joy with sadness. That's right. And it's, it's wait, wait a minute. My joy is pure. My joy is simple. Well, if your joy is on earth, it's also going to be tinged with the beauty of what sadness brings. I mean, like your daughter. You, you raise her, you love her, you pour your life into her, she's your treasure, you want good things for her. And let's say you know she goes through heartache and celebration and life and from being hurt by a boy or not picked on a team and all those things, right? That's right. And then she finally makes it to this most gorgeous day. You've been praying for the man she will meet, right? Like, Lord, let it be the man that's, that's who you choose for her and all that's of right. those things. 
And then he finds her. She, he chooses her. He makes her the one and only. And then she is, it's wonderful, but she leaves you. <laughs> you know? That's right. And you've been looking forward to that day forever. Right. But that sweet joining is also a departure. That's right. And a job well done is a job that's finished. That joy of success is also a sadness, a loss. So sadness is a gift that we've been given that expresses and exposes or exposes and then expresses how much we care about something, someone, someplace. And sadness is a gift that we offer to saying we honor what we had and what's no longer, what's lost. Because even when we picture heaven, which is the most glorious ending, most glorious beginning, we literally step out of the eternity in our hearts into eternity realized. When we start to picture the glory coming, we also have to go, oh, wait a minute, I'm standing in a place with clay feet, mm. and I'm standing in a place of suffering, and I'm standing in a place of faith. I'm sure of what I hope for and certain of what I do not see, but I'm not there yet. Oh. So, I mean, even the picture of glory leads us to recognizing that we're on earth, and only by Emmanuel are we cured from where we live, you know? Right now, yeah. B still wants to marry me. Yes. So I'm all right with that. Yes, isn't that great? And I love that she finds in you the husband that she's made to have. So you're 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 being absorbed as an example of who she's looking for, which is great, isn't it? Well, and and humbling. And humbling, and it's <laughs> causing me to rethink how I act around her, which is, uh, you know, if she does nothing more than just hold a mirror up to what I'm actually doing, like, man, that, that has been the, the greatest gift this little girl has been for us. Yes. I, I was telling uh, what my sons about, you know, you know, this is where I've been in my life. This is where I was. You know, this is what happened and this is where I am now. And it's a story of extra, really beautiful redemption from the inside out. And I remember my oldest son said, hey, dad, that's how come I believe in the Bible, mm-hmm. and that's how become I believe in the characters in the Bible, mm-hmm. because they're all real people mm-hmm. who needed a real God. That's right. And so as long as our children are seeing us struggle truthfully, they see us uh, be bigger children in need of a great God, they actually have an example to follow. Oh, my parents make mistakes. Oh, I'm going to make them too. Oh, my parents need other people. Oh, it's okay for me to need. Oh, they don't have all the answers, but they'll ask questions. Oh, I can keep asking them too. And it's it's actually our, our quote, what we think of as lack of perfection, is actually a, a path for them to follow into God's perfection. Mm. You know, it's it's their freedom. Right. Our, our humanity is their freedom. That's a good word. It's true. Let's talk about fear and anxiety. So yeah. you, you mentioned that fear yeah. often is weakness, right? Like that's the mindset that we go yeah. to, but it is or not. Or faithlessness. Right. Right. So talk to us about how it leads to wisdom and how it leads to our need for help. Yes. that And, and we start out again with God has given us eight gifts, eight tools that allow us to live fully in a tragic place. Fear is a gift that we've been given that allows us to recognize danger because we do live in a dangerous place. So fear is actually an expression of of our need to take care of ourselves and need to be aware. Fear is a feeling that allows us to cry out instead of hiding out. Mm. And, and we know that what happens when we hide out from our fear, we, we, it's called the story of the Garden of Eden mm. and the loss of the beauty of where we were. 
And and remember, a God comes into the garden and says, Aika, where are you? You know, a lament, like, I've lost your heart. I'm not connected with you anymore. And, and uh, uh, Adam says, I was afraid, so I hid. See, God gave us fear to let us cry out, to ask for help, to reach towards safety, to go find someone to help us instead of hiding from it and become trying to become fearless so when no one knows we're in need, we need to express it and go to the right people. Every child who's born is made to wake up in the dark during a storm and in that fear go find their mom or dad. That's how we're made. And God has made us to come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden. So fear is a feeling that leads us to ask for help, and it does several things. One, it trains us in uh, being aware of consequences, like, whoa, if I step off that, X is going to happen. Right. We often learn by experience, right. and so fear will teach us. It prepares us for the future. I mean, before you and I did this podcast, I thought about it. I found out how to get here. I thought through, okay, we may talk about fear, so I need to just re-look re, re at right. what fear is. So it, it also allows us to practice for results. Uh, if you're a baseball player, you need to learn how to swing the bat before you go to the plate. Right. So you prepare and then practice, and it allows you to recognize consequences. And you ask for help, and then you, you, you step into preparation, practice, identification of consequences, which leads you to the recognition, oh, when I hope and reach out with risk, I often get an outcome Oh, that teaches me that I can learn from. Oh, I can trust. Now we've stepped into faith. That fear, ironically, in spite of what we've been trained, is the birthplace of faith. Being sure of what I hope for, being connected with others, and being and, and being uh, certain of what I do not see, headed towards a life I'm made to live. See, uh, Joshua was great at fear. Moses said, be strong and courageous. God is going ahead of you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. So if we read that, 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 that passage about be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, if we read it as secular men, secular women, we'll say, I must prove myself to God. Right. But if you look at the scriptures truthfully, you will realize it's by going to the tent of meeting God and delivering our hearts to God mm. by feeling our feelings, telling the truth about ourselves, and giving ourselves over to the one who owns the process of life. He does for us what we cannot do alone. Mm. He makes us able to trust that he's gone ahead of us, able to believe that he fights for us, able to believe that he will never leave us or forsake us. And if we have a picture of he's not being here, he's gone. We get afraid, and we need to stop right there and go, where are you? Mm. So it's a need feeling. It allows us to stay in relationship with God and others. Fear is not evil. When we run from fear, we become anxious. Mm -hmm. Anxiety is a physiological indicator mm -hmm. and a mental obsession instrument that tells us we're afraid of something. But if we don't know how to be afraid, if we don't know how to let our fear turn into need and asking for help, Anxiety demands that we run from our inner selves. We run from the tension. We run from the struggle, and we try to control life outside of us. So anxiety is an outward-looking energy that has to find something to be terrified of. So anxiety is quelled or stopped when we get to control something in life, okay? 
So if I can get control of you, my anxiety goes away. That's right. If I walk in the room, you don't smile. I go, uh oh, right. I've done something. So I've got to please Andrew and make Andrew happy, and then I'm going, I'm okay. Right. But have you noticed though? None of us are able to really get control of life, and people don't like us to control them, right? That's right. <laughs> and what happens is that that anxiety leads to control. And control leads to us messing things up. And then when we can't get control, that anxiety turns into rage. We end up being destructive, Mm -hmm. harmful, Mm -hmm. defensive, attacking, insulting, all in the name of people not understanding us. Of course. And what we're doing, we're running from how God made us. Jesus says, to, if you want to be great to the disciples in Matthew 18, unless you change and become like one of these— and the change was actually a return to how we were created. When we're born, we actually do a thing that the, it, the, the doctors are checking us for the APGAR, A-P-G-A-R. And it's three things. There are three things that the medical professionals are checking. They think it's biological. They don't realize it's God's, God's creation coming to life. It's, it's emotional and spiritual checkup. Will the baby infant cry out? Will the baby reach out, and will the baby take in? Will they cry out for connection? Because mm-hmm. you're literally neuroscience has shown us that you're born looking for who's looking for you. We're made for mm-hmm. attachment. We're made for relationship, and to find fulfillment in that. So the heart comes out of the womb without brain brain knowledge. Brain's not working yet, and you don't have a voice in terms of articulation of thoughts because you don't have any thoughts. But the heart is pounding with creation. Mm. with how God made us from the very beginning. So the, the, the infant cries out, I don't want to go back to where I came from. I want to go where I'm made to be, and it's with you. And so if the child doesn't take in, we know something's wrong. Mm. If they don't reach out, something's wrong. If they don't cry out, something's wrong. We've got to get them to neonatal care. Something's not happening because they haven't turned on. And so what's amazing is Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, you do not receive because you do not ask. And he says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Re- a knock and the door will be opened unto you. All expressions of child, all expressions of vulnerability. So what mm-hmm. he's saying so beautifully, if we go over to Matthew 18, he says, you're born with the Apgar, cry out, reach out, take in. Guess what? When you grow up, you just do it better. Mm-hmm. You, your, your cry out turns into ask, so you will receive. You use your brain to articulate your heart. The giving of something and the receiving of something. Ask, you shall receive. Cry out. Seek, and you shall find. Reach out. Knock, and the door will be opened unto you. Stuff will be handed to you. You'll walk out of that place and be able to carry something to others. So your hunger for life fills you, and so you can give what you have. So it's our fulfillment through our neediness that brings us to a servanthood, allows us to offer what we've received. So we as Christians so often miss the need to receive. We automatically think we're born into giving. Can't get what you don't can't give what you don't have. Right. So Jesus says, change and become. We can't change ourselves. We have to return to how we were created and get our hearts back and then start using our heads to speak our hearts. Whether it's the need of someone, the need of God, or meeting the needs of another who has spoken their needs to us. When do you think that shifts from the baby mindset of, of needing 
to I can do this on my own. Yeah. And then that's when our fear and anxiety creeps in too. Absolutely. The world teaches. and it's I can the, do it on my own, yes. right? Well, the thing is you can't. Exactly. But proficiency in activity is not the same thing as competence in being able to live. Mm. And that sounds really sophisticated or complex, but you're literally born to go want to go make things. And you want to make things as an expression of creation. And to be able to say, look at what God has put in me to say, to express, and to do. That's proficiency in living. Like to be able to express the glory of God through how he's wired you and made you. But that doesn't need to get confused with being in need of God and others to find the life you're made to have. Because we make the mistake... Once you've lost feelings or once you've lost contact with the heart, the language you were born with, we make the mistake, even as Christians, as living in like the world does, in the futility of our thinking. We do things on our own so we can have things that we did, and we'll say, and God helped me if we're Christian, so we can become somebody. God says, wait a minute, you're already somebody. I created you as somebody. In fact, the somebody I created was worth me coming to earth for, dying for, and resurrecting so you can come with me forever. You were worth it from the beginning. Now, what did we do with our worth? We took over. We do so we can have, so we can become. Instead of being who we're made to be, and that's what Jesus calls a change. Go back to how you're made. Yeah. And then doing what you're made to do, which is creating, shaping, bearing fruit, making, offering, expressing the glory of God. And then you're going to have what you're made to have, everything you're made to have, So, which is seek first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness, its way of doing things, the way it works. And you're going to have all these other things, promise you. Mm. So my fear leads me to his strength. I go to the tent, so to speak, and linger. And then after that's over, it's like, Lord, I'm going. You're going ahead of me, right? You bet I am. And you're going to fight for me, right? You bet I am. But what if it looks like you're not? I still am. Trust me. And as I've grown over time, circumstances in life don't need to lead us to saying, um, what's life doing to me? In faith, because we do fear well, we can say, actually say, what are you teaching me? Mm. Versus what is this doing to me? It's not God, what are you doing to me? It's like God, what are you showing me? Another path, another way. So fear actually daily is created to grow our faith until we're certain that so when life happens, instead of, like I said, instead of us saying, why is this happening to me? We're going, Lord, what are you teaching me? Of course. Because I know who you are. You've shown me before. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've got nowhere else to go. What's amazing too, Andrew, the people who were worse off end up having the greatest relationships with God. Just the other night, B was walking down the hallway. The lights were off. She needed to go to the bathroom. And she cried out for me. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Daddy, the, the lights are off. It's dark. Yes. Now, she was not scared of the dark because once I grabbed her hand, she led me into the dark. Yes. She was afraid of being alone Yes, in the dark. Talk to us a little bit oh, about community in all of this. Until we learn differently, children are not afraid of death. They don't even know what it means. They don't have any concept of, of it being real. Mm. Because they're not made for death. They were born with eternity in their chest, Ecclesiastes 3. Children are terrified of a thing called alone. Mm -hmm. Children will walk into the dark holding a hand. 
like you just said. I mean, I think we all are exactly. Still. And you know what's amazing? And 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 I remember reading this passage, Isaiah fifty ten, and and I just love what God tells us by addressing our hearts. And it says, for all of you who walk in the dark, all right, the profound place of not being able to see. Instead of saying, get a match, it says, trust in the name of the Lord and have confidence in God. That's B. Mm. B literally said, Daddy, and your hand was what she needed. Your hand was the light. Your hand was the way, the truth, and the life. I mean, it was like, oh, my goodness. And But it, it goes on to say, speaking of anxiety, but it says, but for all of you who light your own torches, who you know dig your own cisterns, who light your own torches, go ahead. Walk in the light of your own torches, your own ways. But this is what you shall receive from how you operate. You're going to lie down in torment. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, you can't make your own light. You can't save yourself. It's through relationship with others and God that, that we are salved from our aloneness in this life. We are created as emotional and spiritual creatures. Creatures means we're created. We didn't make ourselves. We're created as creatures, created to find full life, created to have a life to the full. But we only have that through relationship, me being able to articulate what's happening in my chest, the 18-inch journey. In fact, brain development even proves this. But being able to say what I need, right? A relationship with others on an emotional and spiritual level and relationship with God is full life. Mm. And even St. Irenaeus said that a human being who is fully alive, as God created them, glorifies God. That's the enjoyment of God, is being fully alive in relationship with self, others, and God, and then out of that, creating whatever it is you're made to do, because everyone, everyone is born with gifts, Mm. and there's a world in need. That's right. You know? So we take our fear, maybe our anxiety that we have in this pandemic right now, Mm -hmm. And channeling it into of uh, what is fear, what is my anxiety trying to tell me mm-hmm. right now? Give us some practical tips on ways that we can keep going. Yes. Well, well first acknowledge what we're afraid of. We're 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 we in many ways are afraid that uh, God isn't necessarily enough. So that's a, something we need to check out. We're afraid of financial employment. Uh, we're afraid of uh, health. We're afraid of loss of wealth. I mean, we're afraid the world's crashing around us. We're afraid, actually, of what's always happening. It's just happening to individuals away from us. But now we're sort of all involved in the same thing. So we need to be doing with, with our fear what we're made to do with it. Learn the s- smartest, safest, wisest things to do. Prepare for what could be, but live with what God says. You know, be prepared, but keep the faith. And so fear prepares us for danger, but fear also gets us ready to continue doing what what anxiety says don't do. Continue to cry out, reach out, and take in. Fear gets you ready for battle, and anger takes you to it. In other words, we go to God. We're going to keep having church in one way or another. The world's forms of things are not going to let us isolate. We've got to be afraid enough 
to reach beyond the comfort that anxiety tries to make us settle up for. You know, fear is there to say, this isn't enough. I need more. So we need to be afraid well, but that fear needs to take us to God and others to marshal forces to stay strong and courageous amidst a world that's losing faith. We really need to be taking our fear to God. We can give more, share more, do more. And we don't need to get trapped into the way uh, the world operates. Uh, The world worships health, wealth, safety, and prosperity. And I think this is a time where we as Christians get a kind of a heart check. Have we actually been worshiping safety? Have we been worshiping our prosperity, the gifts of God as God himself? Have we become idol worshipers? And now what we're really afraid of is losing our idols. And then we find out that really uh, we don't necessarily trust God that much or even like God very much if we don't have the toys immediately. You know? And I for sure have worshipped the ease of something. Yes, yeah. And I love ease, right? Ease is great. Ease is great. Food's wonderful. Comfort, I love it. And those are gifts. But God promises and this is as soon as we hear a promise, it's something that's not fulfilled. So automatically we're afraid. When we hope for something, we're afraid because hope is wishing for something we don't have. So fear is part of it. So fear leads us to needing others and God, needing solutions, needing skills, but more than anything, needing encouragement, needing another's hand that be cried out for, needing to be walked to where we're made to go, you know? Uh, but more than anything, we need the strength and courage that comes from doing fear well. You've got a list of healthy benefits of fear, and it's trust, wisdom, heartfelt neediness, goodness, and hope. Talk to me a little bit about hope. Yeah. Hope is, the um, honestly, the eternal flame that God put in us that keeps us from being able to stop wishing for life to be like it's made to be. That's the eternity in our chest, like we wish it could be. So hope is the eternal flame that's seeking the life we're made to have. But we live in a world when we look around and go, ooh, hope is dangerous. Hope is scary. Hope is where we can get hurt. So, I mean, uh, my wife grew up with, her mom would say, don't get your hopes up. That way, you won't be disappointed. Right. See, God said we're made to be able to grieve and, and let our grief bring us to acceptance, but not to diminish our hope. We're created to hope all things, believe all things, even right. step into all right. things, right? So fear allows us to acknowledge that we're scared of not getting our hopes and, and then prepare, what do we need to do? Do I really want to do this? Am I really, um, uh, is this something that's worth being in pain for? It lets us ask the questions and, and bring up honest answers. And it also brings like, if I'm going to, if this hope is going to come true, who do I need and where do I need to go? Like tonight, for example, I'm meeting with a guy tonight, like, hey man, I need you to show me how to do these things I don't know how to do because I'm planning to make a move it's outside my gift set. Mm-hmm. But without you, I can't. So share your your gifts with me. 
None of us have all the answers. He has right. some. I have some. Together, we have a lot more. Right. And it's right. usually synergistic, which two plus two is eight. You right, know? Of course. <laughs> you know? So fear, being able to acknowledge it, sets hope free, allows us to ask questions and go to the right people, to needy. Neediness is one of the things that's mentioned. And this guy I'm meeting tonight, I know he's for me. Mm-hmm. And so I, it's like my fear takes me to somebody I can trust right. who will meet me in my heart neediness right. and won't make fun of my dream. So it's like, it's like B, you didn't make fun of B. Right. Daddy, here's my hand. Well, then that's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> you, know, you didn't tell her to grow up. <laughs> you told her I'm here. Right. And, and you know what? Jesus says, hey, when you grow up, ask, seek, knock. Don't stop needing me. Right. Don't become right. independent from me. And all of those beautiful miracles the New Testament talks about, it was all people who were needy. I mean, the bleeding woman, she touched Jesus, and she got healed. And Jesus said, who touched me? And the crowd around him said, hey, everybody's touching you. He goes, yeah, but somebody really touched me. Right. With what? Her fear, right. her sadness, her hurt, her heartache. She was reaching from the presence her of need. her. Yes, her need. So fear actually leads us. Mm to uh, expression of hope, and even potentially its fulfillment, mm. which lets us let, lets us trust, need again, comforts us with not being alone, and sets us up for the next great step of faith. Our faith widens. We'll actually, it, it will increase our tendency to take risks. If I can do this with God, then maybe I'll do that too. That's right. It expands the horizon. That's right. Uh, a, a friend of ours, when I told her that, that I was talking with you today, she sent me this line. We have to normalize anxiety and tell truth about what's going on inside of us in order to not let it run the show. And I think that is exactly where we are today. Anxieties and fears are running the show. Yep. And we have to normalize that and make it part of our everyday conversation. Yes. Let other people know. Let our community know that yes. we are in need of some things. Yes. And you know, uh, this is really wonderful. The idea that we're never going to be anxious is is insanity because we live in a place where the unpredictable can occur, right? So anxiety is dread of something happening that, you know what, probably can't. It just hasn't happened yet. That's right. It's like, oh, my gosh. So anxiety is normal. In fact, anxiety is, a, is literally a protective device that God gave us mm. to fight, freeze, or flee. Run from the tiger or fight it if you have to or freeze like with the grizzly bear. They say freeze. I don't know if I could do that. I no. think I'd be paralyzed. <laughs> you know, I think anxiety take me to drop dead, you know. But, you know, anxiety is part of this life because we live in a tragic place. Right. Fear is the belief, is the reaching out as God created us to believe that God is faithful amidst the tragedy. Mm. Anxiety is fight, flight, freeze. But if we cling to it as an answer, fight, flight, and freeze will become trying to get control of something so we won't have to be in need. Right. So whenever you— Lose control. Yes, lose control. But fear is a feeling that brings us, like we started with, to need. So let fear take you to Mm. what do I need? Who do I need? Where do I go? Who do I need to call upon? And— what am I afraid of? In fact, with feelings, it's identify what you're feeling. Like, what am I feeling? 
and then explore where is it coming from, what's happening, what was going on before this happened, what dreams did I have last night, what am I anticipating? So we don't ask why am I feeling this way. That's a demand for an explanation. It's what am I explore, not science test to, but explore. Mm. Where is this coming from? How is this coming? Where did I? Where was I first? And then the next one is express. So it's identify what am I feeling, explore what I'm feeling, and then express, which is who do I tell? Mm. And God is always present. So tell God, God, I'm afraid. God, I'm I'm in need. God, will you bring somebody to me? God, will you? It's bringing out, and God promises. Now, God can be what we think of as slow, right? So God sometimes fast and sometimes slowly. Always right on time. But always, and I know that sounds so horrible, but it's true. God has plans bigger than we can see. We see the back of the tapestry where the threads are hanging loose and the colors we don't like. But someday we will see from the front Mm -hmm. and go, Oh, what you were weaving was my beauty. And so thank you, you know. Well, I can't thank you enough. Oh, thank uh, I, you. I can't recommend Voice of the Heart more as a book that we all should be reading. Uh, if, if people want to find out more about you, more about the other books, where can they find all this? ChipDodd.com. ChipDodd.com. I just look forward to you joining me on this long journey. Thank you so much. We will see y'all next time.